Hello, this is Dr. Paul Cottrell, and I'm going to be talking about Noam Chomsky and the surveillance state. <clears throat> and this is tying into what has transpired earlier this week about Apple and the FBI and the government. So, for ones that don't know, Apple was, was requested by, I believe it was a federal judge, the lower court, to provide access to their phone records due to some sort of, I, I think it was the terrorist activity in, in uh, California. They wanted to open up the, the phones. And Tim Cook actually wrote a letter, a memo, and then published it online discussing Apple's position on the request. And Tim Cook basically said that Apple didn't want to break the encryption of the phones because what it would do is it would create a backdoor and create uh, uh, everybody's phone from being as secure as it is. So I don't want to get into the technical aspects to the whole, sec the, the whole security part of the phone system, but just to look at it from more of a civil liberties perspective. So from, and how this relates to Noam Chomsky. So how it relates to Noam Chomsky is that he's written a lot about how the government has projected its power, meaning the American government has projected its power, especially in Vietnam, but also in the Middle East, in the current crisis, also in Central America and South America, in Indonesia, where we project a, project, project a power and will snuff out uh, democratic movements in these regions if they seem to provide some sort of socialism that may take the rights of corporations, transnational corporations, multinational corporations, or prevent the extraction of certain resources they may have that would benefit the United States. So for example, Chile had resources of copper that the United States needed back in the, I believe it was the late 60s, 70s. And uh, there was an, a national fervor that was taken, there was a democratic movement that was taking place whereby the, the um, multinationals would have issues in terms of profitability and the ability to export freely. So the, the concern is that if democratic movements start to take hold in, in these strategically important regions that the United States deems important, then what will happen is the United States will go in and try to prevent those democracies from taking place because the worry is, is through the power of the people of that nation, they would prevent the free trade um, aspects that the United States is trying to project through the, the Washington Consensus. So that's the perspective of Noam Chomsky in terms of hegemonic power, which I did a previous lecture about, but how it re relates to the, the surveillance state. So due to this hegemonic power externally, there's also hegemonic power internally. We're surveilling the population more and more every year. Um, it, was actually pretty prevalent in the in the fifties and the sixties, especially the 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 fifties with the 
the Red Scare um, and you know make sure that no one was a communist and everything else and then and that was through the McCarthy era in the United States and then you had Igor Hoover that or is it Hoover I think it's Igor Hoover I mean, it's Hoover and he's uh, he was a, an individual that ran the FBI for many years but also had this kind of surveillance mentality of the American public so when you combine the FBI and the CIA CIA doing operations externally in, in, in different regions of the world to prevent threats um, and you not in the the FBI also surveilling there there's this building up of a surveillance state and then you add in the profitability of selling this type of equipment to the 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 government to be able to build these infrastructures for surveillance um, it becomes pernicious so the the worry I think that Chomsky has and myself too is is that who's watching the watcher we have this government that that seems to peer into our personal lives without any due process and seems to be eroding the civil liberties of, of the citizenry it became very prevalent after 9-11 when the Patriot Act was signed into law where the the surveillance system and the building out of Homeland Security and the NSA became much more elaborate and much more funded and people's rights and liberties would be curtailed if they were put on some sort of terrorist list and because of that we need to as a people start to think about is there an overreach a governmental overreach that's eroding the civil liberties you keep on hearing on the mass media and through politicians especially that are maybe more established politicians that aren't really contrarians I would consider a contrarian in the in politics uh, Rand Paul or his father um, but the ones that aren't contrarians they're usually will toe the line of we need more safety we need more safety but no one really talks about the idea that if you have more safety you have less civil liberties and it's actually more important to actually have the civil liberties than to be safe um, I think the, the country in general has become a bunch of a bunch of wussies meaning the United States have become a bunch of wussies because they have lost the will to take risk in the sense that why is it do, why why is it that we assume that little Johnny and little Susie that used to you know that are always going to soccer practice or tennis practice um, need to be completely safe and put into some sort of um, bubble wrap while you, you had previous generations that were a little bit more rougher and tougher in in sense of being able to withstand obstacles in their life and yes is there terrorism yes there is is it there's there's somewhat of a risk yes there is but it doesn't mean that we should be curtailing our civil liberties and wrapping Johnny and Susie in a bubble wrap 
to make sure that they have they are safe. I would rather them fall and and you know scratch their knee and learn to get it back up. It will create a more resilient population than to try to bubble wrap ourselves either through coddling by the government or coddling by the the parents. This concept of well, it takes a village to raise a child is, is socialism, and I'm totally against socialism. Um, it doesn't take a, a, a village or a city to, to raise a child, it takes the parents. Um, the basic building block of a society is the home, the family, and not the society. Society is actually an emergent property of the family unit. So this concept of more safety only only allows the opening of more technology selling by these you know surveillance companies to the to the United States for example in New York we have lots of surveillance uh, video surveillance um, more police on the, on the street and because of that that costs technology that, that costs pension costs and, and salary costs and so what happens is, is that to pay for it you have to issue more tickets or you have to issue more you know citations and there's a quota system within these municipalities that you to to meet the debt burden burdens of the surveillance state you have to meet a quota on top of that the new york because it's such a, a high value target it its police has units called anti-terrorist units or uh, counter I think they call them counter-terrorist units and they are heavily 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 armed military grade um, weapons military grade uh, hazmat kind of equipment military grade vehicles and military grade vests and you know body armor <laughs> living in New York you don't need that I mean they they, they they even though it's in blue it is the same type of equipment that they would have had in Iraq which would have been earth tone so this is totally out of control so Chomsky's right that when you have a, when you have this hegemonic power that's unchecked either externally in the globe in the global scene or global theater um, it will feel as though it has the power to do whatever and it has it it ends up feeling as though it has some sort of higher authority or um, some sort of divine right to do these things or an exuberant privilege or there's an exceptionalism. Um, we saw it very prevalent right after the fall of the Berlin Wall and George Bush Sr. Uh, didn't take the opportunity to take the moral high ground and, and not be, become a hegemonic power and actually allow peace to flourish instead we ramped up another series of wars some of it in in south america central america and obviously what happened in the middle east during iraq one so or desert storm so you know these are these are issues that we need to grasp now so Chomsky's right that you know if, if you don't have a government that's checked and there's checks and balances either at the global level or at the the home level the national level where you have a strong judicial branch you have a strong 
congressional branch or, or legislative branch, and you have a strong executive branch. But when you have an executive branch that is overreaching through executive orders and not really going in line with what Congress would like, and it's spun in such a way, especially with President Obama, it's spun as, well, the Congress doesn't want to act. Well, Congress is acting, just not in the way you want. So what it's basically saying is the will of the people, the legislative branch, doesn't want those types of programs. So it should be completely illegal to circumvent the legislative branch and do these executive orders to get what you want. So, you know, there's this circumvention of balance of power, which will lead to some sort of hegemonic issue. And we're seeing this with surveillance, a surveillance state and a, um, you know, this more big brother concept that we've all been taught in school to somewhat avoid, at least my generation did. So Chomsky is basically saying, watch out for the mass media. They're, they, they have financial interests in promoting a surveillance state, you know, create fear, you'll be plugged into their TV uh, show and they'll be able to have advertisements going on. They'll be able to get some, quote, insider information from, the, you know, the government to be able to leak this out to, tell, to inform the people about terrorism. But the thing is, is that the chances of a terrorist event to take place out of 350 million people is extremely low that that the <clears throat> the um, surveillance of the technology is becoming pernicious from a civil liberties point of view but also pernicious in terms of being able to afford it I think it would be more important that the society has better um, um, care for its citizens uh, financially and, 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 and with you know certain social safety nets than to build a huge surveillance network to, to watch everybody over. So to fast forward back to what was happening in the current time, Tim Cook I think was right to basically tell the government that they weren't going to do it and you can see that that the, the, the judge and the FBI are upset that, you know, why, you know, you can't, you know, that's wrong. You know, you're for the terrorists and all this. The thing is, is that we got to get to a point in our society that we're saying enough is enough with the erosion of the civil liberties. There is such a thing as due process of law. There is such a thing as the First Amendment with the freedom of speech. There is a, such a thing as the, first, the Second Amendment for the freedom to, to bear arms to prevent a surveillance state from happening. You know, an over an overreach of government into personal lives. Um, there's these freedoms of of expression, and for, you know, there should be freedoms of the press. Um, you know, but the the main point here is is that if you keep on stamping this idea that we're trying to fight terrorism and we need to have all this access to be able to data mine and triangulate, you know, risks and, and, and this sort of thing, um, I would have to ask the question, why? And people would say, well, the terrorists could come in and do maybe some soft, soft target bombing, you know, 
well, the probability is low and very few people would actually get killed. At most, maybe a couple hundred. Now, a couple hundred out of 350 million people is really small, and there's probably more car accidents that kill that many people that you know annually than they had at terrorist attacks. So maybe we should spend more money on preventing car accidents. Now, the, if you want to go to the extreme and say, well, that they could bring some sort of mass destructive weapon like chemical or nuclear weapons, then I would say, first of all, that the chemical and nuclear weapons most, most likely would have been um, uh, available to them because of arms deals that we allowed or actually did to nation states that should never have them. For example, we gave chemical weapons to, to Iraq in the 80s to fight Iran. We shouldn't have done that, but that was, you know, the, the, the great CIA uh, wisdom thought that that was the best thing to do. What about allowing India and Pakistan to have nuclear weapons and to enrich uranium? We shouldn't have never allowed that. So if we don't allow the nuclear proliferation to take place, they can't get a hold of a nuclear weapon. But we do allow it, and... You know, could they get one? Yeah. But it's our own goddamn fault for allowing it for, for it to happen at the beginning. To allow for the, their enrichment to take place or them to allow for them to even build, build it. We could have used our military to fight Pakistan to, to prevent them from getting a bomb. But we didn't. Same thing with North Korea. Didn't. So, so to come to me as an American citizen, the government, the United States government, come to me and saying that we need to curtail your civil liberties because we might have a terrorist that has a nuclear weapon, I would say that the reason why they have a nuclear weapon is because you allowed it to happen and that you should go out and go make sure that they don't have, have it and don't come to me to erode my civil liberties. So do your job and make the world safer by not making it so proliferated with nuclear weapons. But not to curtail my civil liberties. Not to, not to do data mining on the American public. So this is where Chomsky is saying that you need the balance of power. You need to prevent the, the government from doing this mass surveillance. And you need to plug out or create alternatives to the mass media. Because the mass media is just nothing but spoon-feeding lies to the American public to meet a certain governmental agenda. So that's, you know, my take on the, the, the whole Apple um, uh, current event with the FBI and, and, and the federal judge to prevent individuals from unlocking the phone and getting the data. But I think probably what will happen is, is Apple will capitulate and the government will get what they want. And it's just another case of the American public or anyone at large being uh, exposed to mass surveillance. And what happens if their algorithms for the mass surveillance are inaccurate and they put you on a list that you shouldn't have been, that you're completely innocent? This is the, part, the reason why there shouldn't be improper search and seizure. There needs to be due process, not this carte blanche, you know, do whatever you want uh, NSA aspect. And this is what Snowden was trying to inform the public that there are illegal aspects that are going on at the NSA that are eroding the civil liberties of individuals.
And Congress didn't want this to happen, but they're circumventing Congress through the executive branch under the under the auspices of, well, this is national security and we're trying to fight terrorism. And 90% of the time, you're the, we're the ones that are promoting the terrorism. Either we're projecting terrorism onto others, like telling the governments that they shouldn't be democratic to protect our commercial self-interest, or we fund terrorists to overthrow governments, to make them unstable, and then it comes home back home to roost. Case in point, Osama bin Laden. We funded him in Afghanistan only for it to come back to roost at 9-11. So, you know, we need to stop playing super spy globally and super spy internally. Or what's going to happen is, is there's going to be um, there's going to be a fork in the road where individuals decide, well, am I going to live in a totalitarian situation or am I going to fight it? Do we rise up and peacefully remove people that are in Congress and, and in the executive branch and rewrite laws that prevent the surveillance state? Or does it get to the point where the executive branch is overriding the will of the people and continues the surveillance state and then it will be the obligation and the right of the citizens to to rise up and pull down that government uh, if needed with violent means to make sure that the protection of the Constitution continues. So that's my take on it. That's a little bit of how Noam Chomsky would would view, you know, you have to watch out for the surveillance state. I don't think Noam Chomsky would would uh, would promote the the violent option. I think he would continue to promote the nonviolent option. But the thing is, is that if the nonviolent option does not work, eventually you're going to have to create a revolution to force the government to follow the law. And um, I, I think in my lifetime that may very well happen, but we'll see. Hopefully, this thing, this this whole Big Brother surveillance state stuff, is is just uh, something a, a passing fad, and it will go away. But I, I doubt it because of like the commercial interests that are involved. But my take is is that we should curtail heavily the NSA and and, and cut the funding. If you cut the funding, then you then they, it starts dying on the vine. And I think mayors and governors, mayors of cities and governors of states in the United States should start pulling down the, the video cameras and saying that uh, this, is, uh, this is an intrusion on civil liberties. But instead, what we have is a bunch of pussies because Susie and Johnny have to be protected and wrapped up in a bubble wrap. And it's going to actually prevent us from being a strong nation downstream. These effects will epigenetically um, affect the, the, the makeup and the, uh, the, the fortitude of the country general, general, like, throughout a, a generation. So, well, thank you for listening and have a nice day.